podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sunday night service. As you can see, there's a lot of good stuff going on right now at High Desert Word Center and in churches all over the nation. This is really an exciting time. You know, it's it's interesting how Satan always tries to come in and stop the word of God and it's like he tried to get churches into survival mode but we're going into revival mode I'm telling you that right now this is going to be a good season and so I'm encouraging you to to stay tuned in stay focused come to the morning services if you're able and uh, tune in to the Sunday night and Wednesday nights because this is a powerful time to be alive and I've got a really good word for you and I, this is on my heart big time, and so I know that God is speaking to us with what we're going to talk about tonight. Let's pray. We're going to jump right into the Word of God, and we're going to have a really good time tonight with this. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we lift your name up tonight, and God, uh, we humbly and graciously thank you for all that you've done in our lives, for all that you've done over the past couple of months, Lord. We can see the work of your hands in our lives, in our church, in our community. And God, we've got to say, we love you. And we thank you for bringing us through this storm to the other side. You are good. I pray tonight that as we open the Bible, you'll speak to our hearts and tell us what we need to hear and help us to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title tonight is this, The Voice of the Shepherd. We're going to be talking about how you can hear the voice of Jesus, how you can know when God's speaking to you. So the title is The Voice of the Shepherd, and we're mainly going to be looking at it from the angle of sheep. Now, I realize where we live here in Southern California in the desert or wherever you're watching, there's not a lot of sheep. There seems to be a sheep shortage where I live. And that's okay because in the Bible, sheep are mentioned more than 500 times because in that area of the world, Israel, it was a very common thing to have shepherds and sheep herders, especially in that day and age. So... We're talking tonight uh, from an angle and from an aspect that Jesus used a lot of the time. So that is uh, the, the angle of a shepherd and his sheep. And we're going to look at a few things tonight that as I've just been going back over this and reading and, and talking to the Lord right now, that God's stirring in my heart. And I know that it's for so many people listening right now. So the first thing we're going to say is this. Number one. That you need to learn to know the voice of Jesus. Learn to know the voice of Jesus. First of all, John 10 and verse 27. We're going to look at John 10, verse 27, and uh, see what Jesus had to say right here. And of course, all of John 10, we're going to look at some more of it later, but it's where Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd. So John 10, and we're going to look here at verse 27, it says... My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So what is it that that he said right there that his sheep do? He said his sheep listen to his voice. And if you are a sheep of Jesus, if you are one of God's lambs, listen, you need to listen 
to his voice. Now, there's a lot of people I know that they're following Jesus, but they don't know how to hear his voice. Or at least they don't feel confident that they're hearing his voice. And I know I'm speaking to some people right now because I know that I've been in that spot, especially when I was younger. I, I, I always question, I don't know if I'm hearing the voice of God. And all these people talk about God said this to me and, and, and I heard the Lord say, and I never felt like any of that happened to me. But I can tell you now that I'm very confident that I can hear the voice of the shepherd and I know the voice of Jesus. There's three main ways that he's going to speak to you. Now, I'm not saying these are the only ways, but three main ways that the shepherd is going to speak to you. Number one is through his word. No doubt about it. His word speaks to us every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't hear something from the shepherd through his word to me every single day. Number two is through the Holy Spirit directly to your heart. He does this to me all the time also where I don't hear a voice with my physical ears, but in my heart I just know God's telling me right now that this is what I need to do. This is how we need to do it. And I can say especially through the last couple of months, we've been forced to make split second decisions. I mean, we had church one Sunday, March 15th, and then a day or two later, we weren't allowed to have church anymore in the building. And we had to make decisions and contact everybody and do all sorts of crazy work. Those couple of days were some of the craziest of my life. But through it all, I was hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and not just me, but all the leadership hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart, telling us what to do. And he was right. It's worked. But a third way that you're going to hear the voice of the shepherd or that Jesus will talk to you is simply through preaching like what we're doing right now. You may hear my voice, but when I'm reading the word of God, when I'm speaking what Jesus said to us, you are hearing the voice of the shepherd. And, and I pray that he's speaking through me tonight, that it's not my words, but his words coming through me so you can hear the voice of the shepherd. So. I did some I just did some reading and some research on sheep because I don't know a whole lot about them. When I was a little kid, we had some goats, but I think they're a lot more mean than sheep are. They weren't very nice. But as uh, as I've been reading some stuff, one thing I came across uh, a book called Orientalisms and, and Bible Lands. The writer said this. A shepherd has a wonderful memory. He knows the name of every sheep. The flock sometimes contains several hundred, and yet each one has a name, and the shepherd knows it, and calls every sheep by its proper name. One observer tells of watching shepherds with flocks upon the slopes of Mount Hermon, and said, Each shepherd trains his sheep to come at his call. One from the outer circle in a flock of a thousand, the outer circle, will come when his name is called. It's the voice of the shepherd that the sheep recognizes. Isn't that incredible that we have heard Jesus calling and we know that's his voice. I'm coming. I'm coming, Dad. And then, uh, interestingly, as I keep reading, a stranger once declared to a Syrian shepherd that the sheep knew the clothing and the looks, but not the voice of their master. The shepherd said, no, it's the voice that they know, not not the visual, not the looks. To prove this... He changed clothes with the stranger who went among the sheep in the shepherd's clothing, calling the sheep in imitation of the shepherd's voice. 
and tried to lead them. The sheep didn't recognize his voice, even though he was disguised as the shepherd. But when the true shepherd called them, even though he was disguised and didn't look the same, the sheep ran at once to his voice. And so Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They listen to me and we are his sheep. And other, there's other voices right now. I'm telling you, you can see it all over the internet. There's other people telling you what to do, telling you what to believe. There's other, uh, just there's so many voices coming at us right now. But you as a Christian need to be able to know, wait, that's not Jesus. That's not the shepherd talking to me. But when we do hear the shepherd, we come running to him. Man, that's that's exciting to me to realize that Jesus knows each of us by name. He knows every single one of us and we need to know his voice. And if you are one of Jesus sheep, you have a, a couple of responsibilities. And these are this isn't rocket science. This is so simple, but you got to eat. That's what sheep do. They eat. What for us? What does that mean? That means read the Bible. Have the word of God coming in. So eat. And number two, follow the shepherd. That's all the sheep does. They eat and they follow the shepherd wherever he goes. And that's what he's telling us is you got to be eaten. You know, the sheep are out there grazing on the pasture and they got to follow the shepherd wherever he leads. And I think that's an incredible uh, thing for us to to. To, to finally get, I mean, that, that's not, that's not complicated. That's not deep. So many people, in my opinion, overcomplicate Christianity. They overcomplicate, uh, our faith and, and well, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you fast for this long? Did you do that? And I'm saying, man, it's not that hard. Eat, read the word of God and follow the shepherd. And so number two, what I'm saying is this, Jesus is the good shepherd. There's lots of shepherds in the world, right? But Jesus is the good shepherd. And so John 10, we're going to look here at verses 11 through 13. John 10 verses 11 through 13. And in the book of John, I've, I've done a whole series on this and talked to you guys about it. But seven times Jesus made I am Statements. I am the light of the world. I am uh, the resurrection and the life. It's seven different times. This right here is the fourth time that Jesus used the phrase I am. And he says this, John 10 and verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. And you can apply this to Jesus. And even I'm thinking about even in ministry as pastors, you know, there's, I'm you know, sad to say, not everybody's in it for all the right reasons all the time. But a good shepherd, a good pastor, a good spiritual leader, they don't run when trouble comes. They don't scatter and they say, well, these aren't mine anyway. I'm out of here. No, they stick with the flock. And as your pastors at High Desert, man, we're sticking with the flock. But also... Jesus, the good shepherd, he doesn't run when trouble comes. He will lay down his life for the sheep. And he did do it when he died on that cross. And so Jesus says, I 
am the good shepherd. Now, one aspect of a good shepherd is this, that he loves his sheep enough to correct them if they're heading to possible danger. And that's part of being a good caretaker at any level, that you've got to sometimes hand out correction. And that's what Jesus does because he loves us so much. He'll correct us and he'll send people into our life to correct us. He'll bring his word across our path to correct us. He will uh, use a sermon to correct us. He'll speak directly to our hearts to correct us and warn us of danger. Now, an immature person they get upset and they just split and say, oh, don't judge me. Don't don't treat me like that. But that's not the heart of the shepherd. The shepherd said, I'm not I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you. I'm trying to help you right now. You're headed towards the cliff and I'm trying to rescue you. You've got to turn around. Proverbs 311 says, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. So don't be a sheep that gets upset and offended when when the shepherd brings correction to you. You, you get upset and you just run off and never come back. Don't be like that. Nobody just by nature enjoys discipline, but discipline could save our life. And I can say this, sadly, that I've known some Christians that have rejected the Lord's discipline time and time again. And sadly, it has cost some people their lives. And somebody could say, well, where was God? Why did God let this happen? You don't know how many times God was trying to get their attention. How many times God was saying, listen to me, turn around now, go the other way. But they rejected the Lord's discipline. I'm not saying that's the case with everybody that we, you know, love that has gone on and before their time or whatever. But that has been the case with some people. Don't reject the Lord's discipline. I want to look here at Luke chapter 15. Another uh, example that Jesus used of sheep. Because Jesus, being the good shepherd, he's going to talk about sheep a lot. So Luke chapter 15, and we're going to look here at verses four through seven. It says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety nine others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? I mean, think of that. You've got a you've got a hundred sheep and one wanders off. Well, some people be like, well, I've still got ninety nine more. So I guess, you know, if he comes back, he comes back. But I'm not wasting time on him. That's not what 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 the good shepherd does. Verse five says, and when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Notice that in this story right here, that shepherd, he didn't bring the, the sheep home and say, you bad little sheep. He didn't give him a spanking. He didn't he didn't bring him home in front of everybody and say, I found him. Here's this loser that wandered off again. No, he rejoiced and the people rejoiced. And Jesus said, that's exactly how it is in heaven. When one of the lost sheep comes home, there's rejoicing, there's celebration. And I know this much. The good shepherd will chase you down and do everything he can to save your life. 
Thank God for his unending love that he doesn't give up on us. You know, another prominent shepherd in scripture was King David. You know, King David was before we know this, before he was a, a giant killer, before he was a king, before he was a warrior. He was simply a shepherd. And he said in First Samuel 17, when he was facing going to face uh, the giant Goliath, he said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. Maybe you've read that a bunch of times and you're like, yeah, I've heard that. Think about that. A teenage boy going after a lion or a bear with just a club. I'm not talking about a bow and arrow or a spear or a knife or or a gun. Listen, David loved those sheep so much. He loved those little sheep so much. He was willing to fight a bear with a stick to rescue one. Now, the lions that David fought being in that part of the world, uh, those were more like mountain lions, I'm sure, than like um, the African safari or something. But that's still, I'm, I'm not going to face a, I don't care. I, 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 I love animals, but I'm not going to face down uh, a mountain lion with a stick to go rescue a sheep. I'm going to say, good luck, you're on your own, brother. But that's not what that good shepherd David did. And the bears he would have fought would have been more like the Assyrian brown bears, which are comparable to our North American grizzly. And I can tell you this much, there's not an animal in this world that I love enough that I'm going to face a grizzly bear with a stick to try to rescue it. But that's why I'm not uh, a, a shepherd of regular sheep. I'm a shepherd of people sheep. Amen. And Jesus said the good shepherd would lay down his life. That's exactly what David did. That is love. And the last thing I'm going to say tonight is this. Number three, as we're learning to hear the voice of Jesus, the good shepherd, don't seek other voices. Don't be seeking out other voices. The most major problem with the children of Israel was not their nonstop complaining, even though that was bad. But it was that they would turn to other gods. And nothing makes God more upset than than, than that. I mean, here, here we are, his children, his people, and we've pledged our love and our allegiance to him. And then we're going out and seeking advice, seeking the opinion, seeking the voice of this world. And in fact, the New Testament tells us so plainly that friendship with this world makes us an enemy of God. And what are we doing going to his Enemies going to, to people that don't believe in him, people that don't care about him at all and seeking their advice. And that's what the children of Israel did time and time again. Nearly every time they traveled through another land or conquered another land, some of them would start following the natives gods. And that is what eventually was their downfall. They wouldn't completely abandon Yahweh. They wouldn't completely get rid of Jehovah God, but they would put him in the same category many times as as Baal and just they'd be listening to other people's voices, listening to other God's voices instead of sticking with God. And we sit here and hear that and think I would never do that. But sadly, a lot of people have a lot of Christians have. And it's plain to see through this epidemic, through all the craziness, the gnarliness of the world right now, that some people have gone and sought other voices that were not of God. 
And it's, it's apparent because they talk about it and you can see it. But I want to show you what Joshua said, Joshua 24 and verse 15. And this, if you're a, a dad or, or maybe as a mom, you're the head of that household. This is a verse that every Christian head of the household needs to know. John, excuse me, Joshua 24 and verse 15. And Joshua had made his decision what he was going to do with his family. Joshua 24, 15, he says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. So if it's not God, then you got to make some sort of choice. You will serve someone. Either it's going to be God or it's going to be somebody else. But you can't say, well, I mean, I don't follow anybody. I don't. You do. And you've got to make the choice. Joshua went on to say, would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live now? But as for me and my family, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I don't care what everybody else is doing, who everybody else is listening to my house. We're going to serve the Lord. And I hope everybody joins us. But even if they don't, we've made up our mind. And then verses 21 and 22, the people talk to him. The people answer Joshua, verse 21. No, we will serve the Lord. Verse 22. You are a witness to your own decision. Joshua said, you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes. They replied, we are witnesses to what we have said. And so Joshua gave them chance after chance. Are you sure? Don't don't make promises you can't keep. And they kept saying, yes, we've made up our mind. Now, a lot of them stuck with it. And unfortunately, a lot of them didn't keep their word to him. And the promised land that they conquered, they eventually lost. That wasn't the will of God. That's not what God wanted. And sometimes in our life, God's blessed us with great big things and we end up losing them. And we can look back and say, why is this happening? Why did you do this to me, God? Why did you? And and he's saying, whoa, hold on. Pump the brakes on all this blame game right here. Listen, I'm not the one that took it away. I'm I'm the one that gave it to you in the first place. But you chose to abandon me. You chose to go uh, seek other voices and and get your your uh, your leadership from from other places. And I'm sorry, but the land that I gave you, you've lost. And I don't ever want to lose something that God has given to me. And maybe in your life right now, you're in a place where you don't know what's going on. You're lost. You seem like I I, want to know the voice of the shepherd. I want to hear Jesus. Listen, if you're his sheep, we're talking about how you can know his voice. You've got to make the word of God a priority. You've got to make church a priority so you can listen to shepherds and, and, and pastors speak into your life. And you've got to be able to quiet everything else out. And listen to his voice. The Psalms tells us, be still and know I'm God. That's a problem with our generation. I will admit it, that it is not easy for me to not have some sort of music on, some sort of podcast on, to have background noise. We always want to have background noise in our generation. And that's not always a good thing. There's a lot of fine things we listen to, but there is a time to shut it all off and just be still and know that I am God and, and be able to, to say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I just want to hear from you. I'm not going to talk right now because a lot of you like to talk a lot. I'm not making fun, but you do a lot of talking. He gave you two ears and one mouth. Sometimes that's a sign to say, you know what? 
I'm just going to listen to you for a little while. And as we can listen to him, as we can shut everything else out, you'll begin to hear the voice of the shepherd. Maybe it's been a while, but you're going to hear his voice. I was reading something that the famous D.L. Moody said and wrote. He said, Dr. Andrew Bonar told me how in the highlands of Scotland, a sheep would often wander off into the rocks and get into places they couldn't get out of. The grass on these mountains is very sweet and the sheep like it and they'll jump down 10 or 12 feet to get to it and then they can jump back up again and get out. And the shepherds will hear them crying in distress. They may be there for days until they've eaten all the grass on that little slope. The shepherd will wait until they are so faint they can't stand and then They'll put a rope around the shepherd and he'll go over and pull that sheep up out of the jaws of death. Well, why don't they go down there when the sheep first gets there? D.L. Moody asked. This guy said, they're so foolish they'd run right over the cliff and be killed if they did. The shepherd's coming down to get them, rescue them, correct them, but they don't want to hear it. They would just run right over the edge of the cliff. And that is the way with people sometimes. If you are a wanderer, I tell you that the good shepherd will bring you back the moment you've given up trying to save yourself and you're willing to let him save you his own way. There's a lot of people, they've been, they've been trying to save themselves their own way and they may not even realize it, but they're trying to save themselves and they're running in circles and they're right near the edge of the cliff. And the shepherd's waiting for you. Just stop. Just quit. And I'll come down there and pull you up out of this. And maybe that's speaking to you tonight. I don't know. But maybe you're one of those that you, you, you're, you're having a hard time right now. And, and you're trying to hear his voice, but you're running in circles and, and trying to scratch and claw and fight and save yourself. And here's a word for you. Just stop. Take a deep breath. Be still, quiet some things around you and spend some time getting to know the voice of the shepherd again. And if you're watching and you, you could say, hey, I've been trying to save myself and it's obviously not working. Tonight's the night that you can let Jesus do his work in your life. I'm going to pray over you. And if you need extra prayer, if you need to, to reach out, do that. Message us, let us know, and we will do what we've got to do to help you out. But I want to pray over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm just releasing my faith over anybody that's watching at this moment that, that they've been fighting and scratching and clawing and trying to save themselves rather than letting you do it. Lord, I pray that they will give up that fight tonight, that they will surrender to you, and that you will do your work in their life, that they will have the boldness to reach out and let us pray for them and let us uh, help disciple them so they can become a good sheep following the voice of the shepherd. I pray for the peace of God in their life right now. In Jesus name. Amen. Listen, we love you guys. We're here for you. And I'm telling you, there's some exciting stuff happening in the upcoming weeks right here at High Desert Word Center. Get connected so we can make it through this next phase and this next season together because Jesus is coming really, really soon. And we want to be ready. We love you.
All right, guys, we're going to do our Sunday night tithes and offerings, and you'll see on your screen there the different ways you can give. Obviously, online is a great way right now. We appreciate everybody that's been doing that. I want to look at a verse together uh, tonight, and that's in Luke chapter 16. And this is something that uh, Jesus told us himself, and this is a great chapter to expound on, but I'm just going to uh, focus in on this one little verse here. He says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And there's so many people that, uh, you know, they're they're pulled between the two. Well, I love God, but I really, you know, I, I, they love money, too. And they wouldn't admit that, but it's the absolute truth. And we all, I like money, but I can tell you now, I don't love money. Money's never uh, healed me of leukemia like Jesus did. Money's never saved my soul and getting me into heaven, but Jesus did that. And so Jesus said, you got to make up your mind. Uh, we know you've got to get money on this earth, but you can't serve God and serve money. Money doesn't tell me what to do. Money doesn't tell me where to go. If God's word says to give 10% to him, I can do it by faith because God is my master. Money is not my master. If money's your master, then you've got a whole lot of issues with tithing and you and, and, and giving and helping others out because you don't want to do it. Your money tells you not to because you're serving it. It's your master. But when Jesus is your master and he says, this is what I want you to do with this. You've got no issue doing that. He's your Lord. If he says jump, you ask how high while you're already on the way up. We don't have to sit there and figure things out. We just realize that you're our master. What you say we will do. We love you, Jesus. Amen. And so that's just a little encouragement for you tonight that God is God. Or he's not. And when he tells us to do something, man, we do it. And it's always for our benefit. Amen. But we're going to say our financial faith confession tonight and speak these words of faith over our finances and watch as God continues to bring in the blessing. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah, man. That excites me. And then uh, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to close out with the fight, with the, the Barstow Faith Confession. And I encourage you to speak these words of faith with faith. Don't just make this a tradition or, or something that we do. Speak this over our city. And if you're watching from somewhere else, I invite you to throw your city's name in there too. That's fine. But we want to see Jesus change the area we live in. Amen. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember to like us on Facebook. 
follow on Instagram, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, and help us spread the gospel of Jesus. We love you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.